Hey there, and welcome to the BCHL Podcast, presented by Subway. Brent Mutis here from BCHL Communications, and there's a busy show ahead, but we begin this week with an update on the Chevrolet BCHL playoff picture. All 16 postseason berths have now been claimed, and it's the Surrey Eagles that are going to be the odd team out this year. As for the rest of it, while we know which teams will be in the playoffs, we still don't know what the series matchups are going to look like. And that's because, despite the fact there are just four or five games remaining for most teams, the standings are tight enough that a lot of shuffling is still going to take place. A reminder to fans, the BCHL is using the crossover format again this season. If the playoffs started as of the time of the recording of this podcast, it would be the Cowichan Valley Capitals crossing over to the interior where they'd be the number eight seed and they'd be playing the Penticton Vs. The remainder of the regular season will decide if that actually comes to pass. All playoff matchups will be best of seven series, and the opening night of the Chevrolet BCHL playoffs will be Friday, March 1st. On into our first interview segment now, and we go to Merritt, where Centennial's play-by-play man Jared Thomas sat down with high-scoring forward Brad Coca. The Mississauga native was an honorable mention in the POW tabulations last week, and after a bit of a lull in offensive production, he seems to be hitting his stride again as the playoffs approach. They were just facing a couple of hard teams and just personally just wasn't getting it done and just had to kind of regroup and revamp the offense for this upcoming week. So what helped you kind of uh, break out versus Coquitlam? I just started shooting the puck more. It's usually where all the problems get solved. You keep putting them on then, then eventually you'll go in. I think that was something that my line and I stuck with that definitely helped us out for last week's play. So last week you were reunited with Matthew Gosselin and Granowitz. Uh, what, what are the things that they do to help you out on the offensive side? Definitely just a lot of speeds and skill. You know how to work with each other definitely really well in the offensive zone and just break it out through the neutral zone. Kind of just have an idea for where we all are going to be on the ice. So definitely just a good amount of chemistry. Jared Thomas of the Merritt Centennials talking with Brad Coca. Brad, Merritt has been scoring a lot more this season than they did last year. How much more fun is it to be on a team that's uh, wheeling and dealing offensively? It's definitely a lot more fun. Guys getting more points than they did last year, putting up more goals just in the whole grand scheme of things. Just feels a lot better. Guys' confidence are definitely way higher than last year. And... I don't know, it just helps because once you start scoring goals, you believe in yourself more, and then just kind of like the domino effect. So last season you came in a little late and didn't get a full season in, but this year you've exploded for offense, uh, tripling your point totals. Do you feel like there's been any big difference for you? Well, I think I took the summer a lot more serious than I did the year prior, and also just being on a team the whole year, you kind of settle in a lot easier. You don't feel, not that I felt like I was the odd guy out, but there's definitely a a stage where I just had to get used to everything all over again. And coming into a team, knowing you're going to be on the team, knowing that you'll have a chance if you work hard, and just that whole idea of belonging to a team definitely helps a lot more with the season that you're going into. So this season, uh, you committed to Brown. What did you like about the school that drew you there? Definitely the academics is a huge part of it. Just my family and myself believe in that kind of idea of it. And 
it's a team that has a bunch of younger recruits that are coming in, and I felt like I would have a good opportunity coming into a team like that to make an impact. So the Sens are coming off their first annual dad's road trip weekend on the island. How cool was it to have your dad along for the ride? It was great just having my dad there. It's been a while since since I've seen him, since he's been able to come to games from when I played in the USHL last year. He'd be able to come for maybe one or two games. And then and just him being on the bus, seeing him interact with all my dad's only teammates, it was, it was definitely it was funny. It was, and it was just, <laughs> I don't know, it was great just to have him there. So what do you feel that he learned by being along on the road trip with the Sense? That uh, the road trips aren't that fun. And <laughs> sometimes things get delayed. Uh, you kind of have to rest with everything that, like, any chance that you get. I don't know. I think he enjoyed the ferries a lot, just kind of being able to see, like, the ocean, all the, the landscape, everything like that. You don't really see that in Toronto. Yeah, it was great to have the dads along. I think they all kind of learned a little bit what it was like to be a Centennial as well. But the Sens are playoff bound. Where do you feel that the Sens need to improve uh, to get ready for the playoffs? I think we just need to crack down. Just everybody needs to get in that mindset that we need to win and we need to work hard and just come together as a group. And that's essentially it because once you have a team that comes together and becomes one, those are the teams that go the farthest, not the teams with individual play, just teams that are full of guys that like each other and want to stay in merit for as long as you can. So it's still not clear who the Saints will play on the road to the Fred Page Cup, but who do you feel would be the toughest matchup for Merritt? Um, I don't know. Just anyone in our league can give us a run for our money if we don't play to our abilities and don't stick with the systems that the coaches have given us. I don't know. In our situation now, we, yeah, we don't know who we're going to play, but I think that any team we play, we have a great chance to advance to the next round. A big BCHL shout-out to Centennial's broadcaster Jared Thomas for that interview with Brad Coca. We go to the BCHL Player of the Week report now, and for the first time in a long time, we have a back-to-back recipient, and no surprise, it's league-leading scorer Alex Newhook. The Victoria Grizzlies playmaker had five goals and four assists in just three games last week, helping the Grizz to a pair of wins on home ice. Newhook has all but locked up the BCHL scoring title, and because we had him on the podcast last week, we switched up and booked his head coach Craig Didman this week, And the bench boss says even with Newhook's dominance this season, he's still pushing himself to be better every time he hits the ice. Yeah, I don't know if surprise is the word, but certainly, I mean, you know, he just seems to be getting better and better. And I think he certainly surprised his opponents uh, and his teammates uh, on occasion. So, yeah, I mean, he's just uh, been, you know, he's had a good, real good two seasons here. And uh, just like I say, he's pretty driven kid and just getting better every day. Yeah, you talk about him being driven. I remember last year we talked to him after he had been sidelined with, I think, was a wrist injury. And uh, I think the story was he was still showing up at practice and running stairs and all that kind of thing. Is it sort of a bit of a rare kind of commitment you see from him out of a kid his age? Well, I mean, certainly uh, it's something that's contagious. I mean, he, you know, he's a leader that way. And, and, you know, our team is sort of following suit. So you're seeing the results of that. But yeah, I mean, he's, he just brings it all, and it's a you know it's a twenty four seven thing for him, and uh, his off ice habits are great, and you know that sort of you know that helps his play on the ice, and you know that spreads throughout. So 
you know, certainly, yeah, no, he's got a, he's got a definitely a hard work ethic, and uh, you know, you don't see that uh, like that uh, too often. Talking with Craig Didman, head coach from the Victoria Grizzlies. Craig, how much fun have you been having uh, this year? I mean, throwing those guys over the boards, you can roll out a guy like Newhook, uh, both of the Campbell brothers on the back end, Bushler and Berger just, you know, seem to keep racking up points from the blue line. How enjoyable has it been? And obviously there's depth beyond them, but how much fun has it been for yourself to, to roll the lines and see what they can do out there? Well, it's been a ton of fun. I mean, you know, it's a special, you know, it's a special group, and uh, you know, like I said, there, there's been a lot of, you know, good times, and not too many headaches, and you know, you know, as we go move forward, we hope that uh, we continue to have fun. And uh, when you got guys like that, are, that are so passionate about the game, and as, as well as so competitive, and and like you said, it's 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 a it's a team full of guys, um, and uh, you know, you can't. You know, you can't ask for something better than that. So we're having a great time. Thanks. And as a, as a head coach, the interactions this year probably even more frequent when you're talking about NHL and NCAA scouts. Some of the last central scouting list, of course, Newhook. Campbell zoomed way up. Um, Alex Campbell is way up, is listed as a possible maybe second or third round pick. And you got a guy like Berger who's been through the draft once but is getting, getting some attention. Uh, what does that mean for your daily schedule in terms of taking calls and answering questions? Certainly, it's increased, but I mean, uh, you know, with that type of, you know, call, I mean, the NCAA, we were, you know, always busy, and then, you know, adding on to the NHL with the four guys on the draft watch, as you said, it's it's been interesting, but certainly a new avenue, too, and it's, it's been fun to sort of get uh, get some insight and, you know, how they how they draft and, you know, what they're looking for and things like that, so, so that part's been, uh, you know, fun as well. The other side of the coin there is there's been a couple of times in the schedule where you've lost a bunch of bodies for long periods of time in the World Junior A Challenge. A lot of the players that we're talking about here were away from you for a couple of weeks. They were away for the prospects game. Uh, How's that tested you as a coach in terms of developing the depth players and locating those bodies that have had to fill in for you for some extended periods? Well, for sure. I mean, you know, we take it as an opportunity to be able to focus on, you know, the other guys a little bit more too. And, you know, it was a real, it was almost like back to training camp when they did leave for the World Junior A Challenge. And, you know, they're going to play a little different, look a little different. So I think it's, you know, again, adversity helps everybody. So, you know, we see it as a good thing. What's been the uh, focus or the theme for you guys this week at practice? Is there a particular uh, phase of the game that you guys are focusing on, whether it be special teams or or anything like that? And uh, where where does your focus lie heading into the weekend here? Well, the boys had a lot of fun in the snow this weekend, this <laughs> week. So there's been a, there's been a bit of a focus there. But uh, no, uh, yesterday we we really had a good hard working practice, and um, you know we. You know, we're starting to tighten up defensively, no question. Uh, you know, we like to play a run-and-gun game, but at the same time, we understand the when and when not to. And uh, certainly, you got to read the timeline on games and things like that where you are on the game. So, you know, just uh, like systems for sure, uh, but, but tightening up, uh, you know, the five guys, you know, when we don't have the puck and, and areas like that. Last one, um, your your goalie Rosie finally got him back after a long absence. What's it been? What's it meant to your group to have, you know, the the goaltending situation the way you envisioned it at the start of the year? Oh, huge! I think you know uh, Rosie's been with us all year, and uh, you know now he finally gets to play, and he's come and he's played really well, and you know it's just great to know that we have two 
you know, solid goaltenders like that that can lead us through. And, you know, they're both real character guys. So, um, you know, it just, uh, as a coach, it's very comforting to have that type of talent in your, in your crease and also know that they're good team guys and they're going to work through uh, the starts. That's Victoria Grizzlies head coach Craig Didman. Time for a quick break now, but we'll return to the podcast right after this. At Subway, we're all about making it what you want, even when we're advertising our new $4 Mighty Melts. Oh, yeah? Then let my piggy bank do the ad. Um, okay. So Subway has these new $4 Mighty Melts, three tasty sandwiches with melted cheesy goodness on warm toasted ciabatta buns for just $4 each. Four bucks? At that price, no one's going to be busting me open. I'm immortal. For a limited time only at participating restaurants, excludes extras plus tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. Try Subway's $4 Mighty Melts today. Welcome back to the podcast. We go now to the alumni spotlight for our final segment, and this week, Jesse Adamson tracked down West Kelowna Warriors alum Kyler Hope, who is now a junior at the University of Alaska. Hope won an RBC Cup national title in 2016 with the Warriors and is now a big part of the Nanooks offensive attack. The native of Lashburn, Saskatchewan, has found a hockey home in Alaska and relishes living the NCAA experience. It's been a good Good three years in Alaska. Um, I'm glad I chose chose the program. It's been good for me. Uh, this year we had a bit of a slow start, but lately we've been kind of coming into our own as a team um, and getting a few wins on the stretch here. We're kind of in the playoff push, and every night's kind of like the playoff mentality now. So it's been fun. And uh, just individual, I think uh, um, kind of the breakout season last year. I'm just trying to follow it up this year. And, um, continue to grow as a player. I think our coaches are doing a good job like developing us as players. So I'm, I'm just trying to learn as much uh, as I go through my junior season and into next year. Uh, you mentioned developing. Um, how do you think your game has evolved um, now that you're in your third year playing there? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, my last year in the, the BCHL there, I, I like kind of broke out as uh, an offensive player, but I like to play on both sides of the puck too. So I think here I've just tried tried to focus more on playing both sides of the puck and uh, develop my defensive game more. I think that's the kind of kind of player I want to be moving forward is the 200 player that is responsible. So I think they do. The coaches are, have been doing a good job uh, keeping us um, responsible, I guess, in our own end and uh, and building us as two-way players. So Alaska typically has quite a few BCHL guys on the roster this year is no different. Uh, for a new guy coming in, uh, does that kind of make things easier um, to have a bit of familiarity in the dressing room? Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Obviously, I came with uh, my teammate Kyle Marino. He, uh, we played together for two years in West Columbus, so that, was, uh, that made coming, coming to college a lot easier. But, uh, yeah, for sure, there's a lot of familiar There's a handful of guys that, that we played against every single night, and it's it's cool to connect and kind of talk about other players that played in the league and, um, like, who they played with, who we played with, and just kind of share uh, knowledge about, uh, about the league. It's pretty cool to uh, kind of tie things together here at college. What was it about Alaska uh, when you made your decision a few years back? What was it about uh, the school, the campus, just the atmosphere uh, that made you want to join their program? 
I think a big part of it was, again, coming with Kyle. Um, we're, we're buddies in junior, and we just kind of want to keep it going, I guess. But Anchorage, or sorry, Fairbanks showed a, a lot of a lot of interest when they were uh, talking to us, and it just seemed like the right place um, to come and grow. Uh, so your team is taking on Bowling Green this uh, weekend on the road. They're tied for second in the WCHA. What are you expecting from them this weekend, and what's the atmosphere like playing there? Uh, yeah, they're a really good team. We played them a couple weekends back at home, and we're uh, fortunate to split with them. So I think this weekend it's going to be the same thing. It's a, it's a tough building to play in. Um, they're a really good team. Um, it's a cool atmosphere. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people, but I think we're we like where our game's at right now, and I think we can we think we can compete with anyone. So we're excited for the challenge. So you spent three seasons in West Kelowna. You played over 150 regular season games, and it all kind of culminated in 2016 with the national championship. Um, what was that season like for you? Yeah, that was awesome. I, I'm grateful for the three seasons I had in West Kelowna. We're uh, fortunate to have. Um, three really good teams and just that third year in 2016 it just kind of all tied together um, we've always said we weren't we weren't like the most skilled group but we're the group that gelled the most and I think uh, that's kind of what carried us to that championship was just everyone buying into what um, the coaches were, were telling us and um, just as a team everyone liked everyone and we spent a lot of time together and just kind of it just kind of rolled like I can't tell you one thing what the uh, what made us win there it was just um it kind of all came together it just seemed like we we're kind of unbeatable at some points just because like i don't know going into it we just believed in one another and that's just kind of how we got it done the rbc cup that year was held in lloyd minster saskatchewan which i understand isn't too far from your hometown of lashburn um what was it like having family and friends close by for that big moment for you surreal. I, I joked about it at the start of the year with guys that if we win, we'll, we'll have a little party at my house, and that's how it ended up, ended up being. Um, every game, I had probably at least 20 or 30 family and friends there. Like I, All my buddies were lined up along the glass, and all my family was up in one section together. Um, so yeah, Lloyd is a place I grew up uh, playing every day, like that rink. That rink, I played in it every season. Um, and just like I'm, I'm in Lloyd on a day-to-day basis, so being there like with my teammates um, and playing for a national championship, it was insane. And then, uh, like my house only being about 20 minutes away, we, we spent time there. We went to my old school and the golf course for uh, lunch lunch one day. And my parents had the team out, team and their family out like a cup numerous times for uh, dinners and, and get-togethers. So it was really cool. So after that season, what was it like for you to make that jump from the BCHL uh, to NCAA Division One hockey? What was the transition like? Uh, for me, it was tough. Um, coming in, I, I had opportunity uh, to play, but I just I couldn't get a grip. I guess I couldn't get going. I struggled to put up points, but I, I just kind of stayed with it. And then the second half of the season, I found some chemistry with Ross Hay, another guy from the BC, and uh, Colton Leader, and we, we created created a lot together. We still didn't put up a ton of points, but uh, that back half of my freshman year is definitely big for me going forward. It gave me a lot of confidence over the summer um, to get better and and uh, kind of take it into my 
sophomore season, and then it's just kind of built from there. Uh, and then finally, your team this year at Alaska, you guys are in seventh place in the conference with six games left on the schedule. Uh, what are you trying to accomplish the rest of the season personally, and what what's the what are the goals for the team uh, down the stretch here? Uh, personally, I just want to help help the team win. I mean, uh, we have a team. We we just kind of talked about it in the meeting um, that we have confidence in our team that five on five we can play with anyone, and special teams just kind of needs to click down the roll, and we and we can have success against anyone in our league. But we're sitting in a spot right now where. Uh, we can kind of catch catch a couple, couple teams ahead of us, and um, we've kind of put enough room between us and the teams behind us. So um, if we can get a couple wins on the, on the stretch here and get some confidence going into playoffs, I think uh, we'll, be, we'll be sitting pretty well. That was West Kelowna Warriors product Kyler Hope speaking to us this week from the University of Alaska. And that will do it for the podcast this week. For all the latest BCHL news, check out bchl.ca and follow the league's social media at GoBCHL. This is Brent Mutis from BCHL Communications. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.